0: Bankless Nation, happy first week of March. Welcome to the bull market. David, how you feeling, man?
1: Uh, I'm feeling pretty good, man. Yeah, it's ETH Denver week. Uh, Bitcoin is pumping like it's never pumped before. Uh, ETH is following on suit. Rest of the market uh, is, is waiting patiently. Uh, but, you know, when Bitcoin adds um, $200 billion to its what? market cap in what? one week. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's 10, almost $10,000 to the Bitcoin price in a single week. Yeah, it turns out uh, the Bitcoin ETF was bullish. Who knew? Well, we're going to have giant smiles on our face throughout this entire episode cuz we are
0: definitely in bull market territory. Got to start with Bitcoin. I'm throwing Bitcoin. my capitulation
1: flag on the quiet all-time highs. Uh <laughs> Oh, well, that didn't last if, long. Did yeah, that last if Coinbase week went down. Uh, Coinbase went down. It's breaking into like the top 100 on the App Store. It's yeah, that 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 was the that was the quiet part of shout.
0: Your your heart was in the right place, but I kind mm-hmm. of felt like that was uh, not going to work out, man. The, yeah. the market is yeah. not going to listen to uh to be quiet when Bitcoin <laughs> is almost crossing, <laughs> it's crossed 60K and all time highs are in, in sight. So we got to
1: talk about that mm-hmm. first. What else we got? Uh, Coinbase da- went down, people freaked out, and then uh, it recovered and things went up again. But the point is that Coinbase went down, <laughs> which is bull um, market. You know, it's a bull, bull market. It's a bull market. Uh, but like also, like retail is here. Like yeah. People are re-downloading Coinbase for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Also, Kraken making some very big moves, dropping a reverse UNO card to Gary Gensler and launching Kraken Institutional in the same week. Just feels like once crypto starts winning, Ryan, we can't stop winning. Uh, and speaking of winning, Gemini has released its settlement with Genesis. You're never gonna guess how much money you're going to get back, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, me <laughs> personally. Get, you're talking about you me personally. personally. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> and anyone who is a depositor of Gemini Earn, uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be happy with the number that Some you're getting good news. back. Some good news. Some Unexpected good news. news. What too. Yeah. We got uh, Uniswap is
0: back with a fee uh, switch proposal and prices were pumping on the Uni token. So there's another one that yeah. caught a
1: bid. When a multi-billion dollar ERC20 token pumps 70% off of a proposal, like we might be in a bull market. Lens Protocol is now permissionless.
0: Also, Blast is now live on Mainnet. We got to check in with that. But before we get to all of that, a message from our friends and sponsors over at Cartesi. David, who's mm-hmm. Cartesi? What do they want the Bankless Nation to know?
1: Yeah, Cartesi is working in the app chain ecosystem. I actually met some of the team and founders over at our bankless meetup here at ETH Denver. It's ETH Denver week. That's why the background of my place is not my home in Brooklyn. because I'm in Denver. Uh, So they have a $1 million ecosystem grant initiative. So if you are a developer who likes to work in Linux, because this is a Linux Alt-VM modular modular app chain platform, Cartesi, Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit further on in the show. But if you are a developer who likes Linux, Uh, and wants to build app chains and build your own custom VM, uh, there is a link in the show notes to get some money to go build with Cartesi. It's kind
0: of, you have to like Linux and you have to like uh, money, right? Because $1 million, that's not a small grant here from Cartesi. (laughs) (laughs) If you you like Linux and you like money, wow, that's a pretty good overlapping Venn diagram. (laughs) Guys, there's a link in the show notes where you can go apply for the Cartesi grants program. David, you know what? I, I think it's time before we get into the actual numbers on the week, which we're going to get to in just a second, just to spend some time reflecting because yeah. we are on the cusp of crypto all-time highs. We're almost at Bitcoin all-time highs, and pretty much everything else is going to follow. So I think we should just like enjoy this moment. We should just take yeah. a minute to reflect. And uh, you, you wanted to share something over from Eric Wall.
1: Uh, maybe we can I think start with Eric that. Wall set, set it up just so perfectly. I'm going to read out a tweet from his he says, so the market did really wipe out SBF, Do Kwan, three hours capital, and then it went shooting for all time highs, like not as a joke, but for real. So Luna really did go to zero. SBF really is in a cell prison. Quan is really getting extradited. Sue had to drop every last one of his shitcoin logos from his display name. And Kyle is in a shed somewhere chopping wood. <laughs> that is a, that's a Twitter meme for those who are on Twitter. The cryptocurrency saga moves like poetry. How is this real? When did you experience something like this that you need to take it in with every fiber of your body? Every hair should be standing on your skin. I do want to say that this this week particularly was a mon- monumental week in crypto history. And we don't get many like those often. So it's worth appreciating. It's worth reflecting. And the kind of the cool thing about why it's such a big deal is because... Bitcoin pumps so hard. Like actually, that is why this is such a monumental week. It pumped $10,000 inside of a week because of the Bitcoin ETF. We're going to get into some of the uh, milestones, the new high water marks, not just for Bitcoin ETFs, but global ETFs. And it's just a, a sign of just like a, a milestone that this entire industry has crossed over because a lot of just what or Bitcoin's destiny, its manifest destiny has been finally achieved in this first week. Legitimacy, acceptance, adoption in TradFi with all the boomers buying the bags. Uh, and we also still get to have our own internal ecosystem where we have Bitcoin pumping $10,000 on one side. And then we have dog shitcoin meme coins also pumping on our side of things. I, I, I think Eric's uh, reflection is
0: really important here because he's basically saying, look at what we just lived through. Like, mm-hmm. his comment, how is any of this real? It feels right. like we lived through some kind of simulation. Like this is just right. such a bizarre world show. I can't believe we went through this over the last uh, twenty four months. It's been absolutely crazy. Just like all of the character arcs, uh, you know, all of the, the 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 stories that that were closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just such a crazy time in crypto. I don't I don't think uh, I will ever forget the last two years. That's for sure. And the, the thing-
1: sitcom that is crypto is absolutely unreal. Just to really tie off a loose end here, can you just scroll down so we can see um, <laughs> Kyle Davies chopping wood? <laughs> what this, so is this, is a, this is this is a tweet that he made where he uh he just says let me this is kyle davies let me share with you my newest passion chopping wood i spent hours <laughs> every day in meditation building fires from scratch each swing of the axe is, is physical relaxing unless my mind explore new boundaries it, it got, i'm guys, sure kyle, if everyone was chopping wood right now we'd be at 1 million btc just just insane copy pasta for, former
0: crypto billionaire i think probably or clo- close to that yeah. kyle davies and uh, one of the mm-hmm. co-founders of three hours capital and now he's chopping wood right. this uh this bull cycle um, chopping wood
1: for for heat
0: you know you know i want to share another reflection like um mm-hmm. to everyone who's stayed during the bear market you guys stayed for the last 24 months if you're, you're tuning to bankless um you know like you're probably not new here you probably been around mm-hmm. you're probably listening you're, during the, the dark period of the last 24 months i just want to say this in the upcoming uh weeks and days a bunch of people will tell you you didn't deserve these gains right crypto you got lucky It's, you know, like all time high, like making money shouldn't be this easy. Let me let me tell you, it actually was really hard. And for those who stayed, you did your research. You accumulated when everybody else was running away. You resisted the overwhelming urge to believe all of the FUD that that crypto was dead. Uh, You didn't follow the, the, the herd. They left and you stayed. And don't let anyone tell you you don't deserve these gains. Okay, because you earned it over the last uh, two years of time. Mm-hmm. And that's really when you earn it is during the bear market uh, season. So congrats. Just just yeah. spend a moment to, to, to think about
1: congrats. that. Yeah, well done. Now, don't get too high on your horse though, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, not too soon. Not too soon. <laughs> we have to save some pats on the back for later too when we actually do cross all-time highs. Yeah. Also just big shout out to everyone's Net worth who's higher now than it was at the peak of the market last cycle. <laughs> oh, We're not wow. at all-time highs now, but, you know, shout out to the people who bought $20,000 Bitcoin. That's shout out to really the people went. who bought sub $1,000 ETH. Shout out to people who bought like $10 Solana.
2: Um, David, this, this you know, mean-
1: Accumulating in the bear markets is like, you know, a once every four years opportunity, and that last bear market won't be coming back again. I, uh, I think this meme that you sent before the episode really sums it up of what the, the balance we're going
0: to have to strike during the, the bull market is uh, you know, like two buttons to click, like two choices. And somebody saying, this is David, the past couple of weekly roll ups. One button one is stay humble. Button two is I effing told you so. <laughs> you are like, we are juxtaposed between those two options. Like there's a little bit you want to stay humble and a little bit like, ah, we were right. We stayed. Right. It feels good. Yeah, surprise, <laughs> believing in crypto was the right answer. Yeah, yeah, Who knew? Yeah. Um, one thing I was thinking as well is as you sort of zoom out, you know how often we've compared crypto to um, the internet, the birth of the internet. And if you, if, you, if you go to Google and you type, like the consensus date of the birth of the internet was 1983, actually. Okay, so 1983. And it's very interesting. If you extrapolate that forward, 15 years later from 1983 was about 1998. All right. And I don't know if, if some people remember what the internet felt like in 1998. It was very much mm-hmm. like new territory. It was this this uh, exciting technology that this horizon, and that was like right before the dot com boom. Okay, it was just mm-hmm. like a little bit into it, and then of course, over the corresponding years, 1999 and 2000, you got an absolute explosion in market prices. Right, so that was 15 years into the internet. It's very interesting, David, if you if you uh, look at crypto right now. We are, 2024 is actually 15 years now into crypto. So the B- Bitcoin just celebrated its 15th birthday from the first block. We are now 15 years. And so the question is, what's going to happen next? I feel like every cycle we talk about, well, it's like the dot-com bubble, right? It's the dot-com right. boom and the dot-com bust. I wonder if we're actually going to see that this time. Do you have a take mm-hmm. in like what year it is in in terms of the internet? Do you do you think we're in 1998 or do you think we're like after um you know the the dot com boom? Do you think we're in the, the 2000s somewhere?
1: Yeah, I think really you can only uh understand patterns and I don't I don't think you can really carry it over one to one. Um I think the biggest evidence to say as to why crypto will experience some sort of dot com boom sized uh, movement in the markets is, A, we are actually in tapped into traditional financial markets right now. And there is the colliding particle of uh, AI as well. Um, the AI crypto overlap and AI crypto retail speculation uh, and just innovation in AI, where a lot of that value is going to be able to be much more easily expressed in crypto tokens, which are easier to mint because of the, what, are, what is an ERC-20 token other than like a printing press for financial assets, I think like it's really those two things coming together that is like, A, we're redoing the the internet, both on the crypto side of things and on the AI side of things. But crypto is offering the financialization of the AI side. Just Like crypto is going to be able to tokenize to express value of AI innovations way better than any like public listing on a stock market. Unless we do like the whole like SPAC era again. Um, but I think that crypto AI synergy, I think, is very, very strong.
0: I also think, it, so for me personally, it's still my take that we're going to absolutely boom and then we're going to crash. Like, it's still my take that there's no such thing as the right. super cycle because right. this always happens in these right. fractal patterns. Paper gains
1: can become very weighty. Yeah. So
0: I think we're going to go higher than anyone thought this bull market and then that will be followed by a crash. What, what say you to that? Or are you on team super cycle? This time it's uh, different.
1: I, no, like, I think we have been in one super cycle since 2009. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we'll see how it plays (laughs) out, man. We're in the bull market now. Let's get to some uh, charts. What is Bitcoin like on the week? Thanks to Kraken for providing these glorious Bitcoin charts and Kraken Pro interface. What are we looking at?
1: Bitcoin is moving really, really fast. I have to update these prices in real time. Uh, $62,150. It is down a whopping $2,000 from the moment I woke up this morning. (laughs) (laughs) and It is still at $62,000. Uh, It is up 21% on the week. We are 9% away from all-time highs. Wow, 9% 9%. away from all-time highs. So what is
0: the number for all-time highs that we got to beat?
1: Yeah, previous all-time high set on, what was the day? November 10th, 2021, Mm. $69,000. Nice. Wow, sixty-nine, 69. thousand. So we get above sixty-nine, and we're good. We get to seventy, mm-hmm. uh, and
0: and we're good. Do you know Bitcoin has already passed all-time highs as measured in the fiat currencies of about thirty countries. That that includes right. China and India. This is mm-hmm. a, a tweet from Balaji showing all of the countries where um, Bitcoin is already at all-time high in, in terms of their their local fiat currency. We're not there with U.S. dollars, but. I
1: mean, we're getting real close, David. I mean, US dollars is the final boss, right? Like all fiat currencies are losing to the dollar and then the dollar will soon be losing to Bitcoin.
0: Uh, one of the big stories, one of the big reasons why has been inflows, TradFi
1: retail the big story. inflows. It has been the big story. Every recent, for the last two weeks has been the crescendoing volumes into the Bitcoin ETFs.
0: I think it's safe to say beyond anyone's expectations, right? Well, well I mean, beyond
1: anyone's expectations. Like even, even the bulls are pretty surprised about
0: the, right. the success that the Bitcoin ETFs have having. So, so mm-hmm. uh, BlackRock and friends, they now have over 300,000 Bitcoin. Okay, so ETFs now hold 1.5% of all Bitcoin supply currently in existence. And just a quick reminder, it's been less than 60 days since these things That's have been nuts. released. Right, it's nuts. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. So let's uh, go into a James uh, Seifert tweet here. He is
1: um, looking at inflows, record inflows. He says, "What's this showing us?" Yeah, uh, BlackRock iBit took in six hundred and twelve million dollars of Bitcoin on its own. The whole net group of all Bitcoin ETFs took in six hundred and seventy three million, and then we had two hundred and sixteen million dollars of outflows from Grayscale. Still sizable outflows from Grayscale. But is just getting completely overwhelmed no. by inflows into everything else. This and this was a, just in one day. This was one day.
0: This is a Bitcoin purchased by ETFs one particular mm-hmm. day last week. That was February 20, 28th. The, the amount of Bitcoin purchased by ETFs was about 10,000. The amount of new Bitcoin issuance, so that's supply, was 900. Yeah, that's like a 10 numbers. to 1.
1: 10 to 1. Yeah, over a <laughs> 10 to 1. Yeah, Incredible. absolutely nuts. Um. And then also this this big old reminder, we are in like inning two of the full might and power of the Bitcoin ETFs. So uh, this platform with $30 billion in it, Carson Group, has been approved. It proved itself to offer uh, the Spot Bitcoin ETFs to its customers. Uh, And so Carson, like who manages people's money just allowed the the BlackRock, the Fidelity, Bitwise, Franklin Templeton, Bitcoin ETFs to its customers. So there are wealth managers, there are platforms, there are brokerages that have not allowed their users to yet buy the Bitcoin ETF. And they are also allowing that to happen. That's going to happen like starting now, moving forward. And then later in like, I don't know, ending four or five or six, there's actually going to be the sell side where like sales or where people go like, Hey, uh, client of mine, have you considered Bitcoin in your portfolio? Like that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, and that what, is a lot of money.
0: What you're talking about is this this kind of second inning. So, like the first inning, we've had sort of you could buy it directly on BlackRock, you can buy it directly right. in Fidelity. The registered investment advisors are now coming aboard. That's what the Carlson pat- platform is. They mm-hmm. are you know the, the the Charles Schwab types of uh, independent registered investment advisors that advise you know retail dollars. Well, now they can have exposure to these assets. They have the option to purchase these assets on behalf of their clients. Another one, uh, just like that, David, 10 times larger, Morgan Stanley says that they are evaluating spot Bitcoin ETFs and they have just a massive, giant brokerage um, platform. So the RIAs are are starting to get involved and that's going to unlock a whole bunch of uh, capital. So the pipe, the bandwidth in this thing Mm -hmm. for liquidity inflows is just getting bigger. One other comment I'll say is like, I feel a little bit bad for some of those uh, investors who are depending on their registered investment advisor, right? Because like they haven't been able to purchase this. Like they've been yeah. front run by us, by crypto natives, even, even by the BlackRock's infidelities of the world, not having the option to purchase Bitcoin, right? This is the case for why you should uh, take some of your investment decisions in your own hands. And not just like go with the 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 flow and go with the system.
1: When the crypto industry was really getting excited about the Bitcoin ETF, like November, December of last year, like Bitcoin was twenty six to like thirty eight thousand dollars. And so all of these institutions that are lagging their own customers' ability to buy Bitcoin are selling their own customers sixty seventy thousand dollar Bitcoin. This is why it pays to be bankless. It pays Frontier to be to t- t- touch the chain. You know, yeah. like go go into the deep end. You know, get your private keys. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think Hunter Horsley said it best. Uh, Hunter Horsley from Bitwise, he says, there's just so much in the works with advisors and wealth platforms. Bitcoin is arriving, not in one week, but 2024 is going to be a great year. Um, I concur. I concur. Will and say. I will say, putting on my ETH maxi hat, when the ETH ETF gets approved, $1 into the ETH ETF is going to move the ETH price at least three times more than it would move the Bitcoin price because of how Ethereum wow. market cap is one-third wow. the size of Bitcoin, at uh-huh. least. And that's base case because also there's much less ETH on exchanges because we have DeFi, we have like ETH and Aave, we have ETH Eigen Eigenlayer, we have ETH on layer twos. And so like the ETH price movements are going to be like 3x is like such a ba- bare case versus Bitcoin. It's going to be like five to five to like 8x times in price movements a $1 inflows into the ETH ETF versus the Bitcoin ETF. Whoa. Like, I need to call a doctor sometimes when I think <laughs> about this. So so uh, I think the market is
0: just beginning to front run that, right? As they did, uh, they started with Bitcoin, you know, like nine months mm-hmm. ago, let's say. Right. And so let's talk about Ether on the week. Uh, where did we start? Where did we end?
1: Uh, up 19% of the week, started at 29 60 Ending at the current price of well, I wrote in thirty five hundred dollars, but prices have moved. Yeah, thirty four hundred and thirty dollars. Who knows what what it will be tomorrow? So ETH BTC, uh, the ratio between Bitcoin and uh, Ether down on the week. Well, this is actually the pattern that I've been noticing is that it's going down on weekdays and then it recovers pretty bigly on weekends when when the boomers can't buy Bitcoin, like. The boomers can't buy unless it's outside of working hours, Why and then during they? the weekends the they? ETH ratio has has been going up, <laughs> yeah. uh, and so like I think like crypto natives have been like buying ETH you know consistently, but it only is getting expressed in the ratio on the weekends, uh, and then during the weekday just like the massive inflows from Wall Street comes in, and then Bitcoin just like dominates everything. Like Bitcoin dominance is up bigly right now. Yeah. Uh, I do agree, though, like given the success
0: of the uh, Bitcoin ETFs, right? If you just like kind of extrapolate that to uh, Ethereum ETFs that mm-hmm. have a decent chance of happening this year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be absolutely explosive. Um, let's talk about total crypto market caps, David. Are we above a trillion? What oh, wow. We are well
1: above a trillion. What do you mean are we above a trillion? <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> you you meant meant two had, trillion. have said, I meant have said two trillion. that too many times. We are well. But, yeah, yeah, so four. We, we put on $400 billion in market cap in the last week. Bitcoin was 50%. <laughs> Of that. Okay, so okay. we are at 2.4, above 2.4. 3 trillion, Ryan, was the top last cycle. 3 we're trillion. Almost,
0: this, so we're, we're almost all-time at time for total
1: market cap. Universal all time highs. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, let's switch over to uh, layer twos. And this is a layer mm-hmm. two update brought to you by Mantle, which is a new mm-hmm. and upcoming layer two yeah. that we enjoy. So uh, total locked value is about $30 in billion. Each terms.
1: Dollars. $30 oh. billion. Dollars. Yeah, oh, that's No, way we're up. crushing it. That's way up. Well, this is what happens when. Um, when I mean, ETH price goes ETH up. Goes up. <laughs> uh, yeah, ETH goes up. Yeah, so we're, we're actually flat in ETH on layer twos in ETH terms. But, you know, ETH is going up in price. So therefore we cross 30, I'm almost at $31 billion. But also the this, this scaling factor, Ryan, setting new all-time highs, especially with the area under the curve, which is like, you know, the significant thing, 8.8 Ethereum. So all layer twos are putting in 8.8 Ethereum. Uh, so just a ton of scale happening on the layer twos. And of course we have Denkun shipping to mainnet uh, next week. Um, I do actually kind of want to take a moment and, and highlight Mantle. I was talking with uh, some of the Mantle team here at, at ETH Denver. So, like, there's all these different activities going on in different layer twos because they're also like differentiated, right? Like, all the zk rollups have so much transaction volume because the transactions are so cheap. Arbitrum Nova too, because it has the off chain DA. Um, Mantle, I think, is actually kind of like one of the more least least understood chains i would say just because it's it actually has this crazy like genesis story where the actual mantle layer two was in um voted in by the mantle DAO, uh in contrast to what the bybit exchange which is where mantle came from wanted the bybit like some of the founders wanted to layer one but then the dow was like we want a layer two so they made a layer two because that's what happened the real yield that you can get on mantle because they're subsidizing it from their massive multi bit like two plus something billion dollar ETH treasury is some of the craziest yields in crypto. So like METH, the Mantle native staked ETH uh, is getting something like 7%. But then some DeFi apps on Mantle are offering you 30% real ETH yield. Like Init Capital is one of these like native uh, DeFi applications on Mantle that's not anywhere else. Like Mantle also Mm. has, it's like kind of homegrown native uh, DeFi ecosystem where like, you know, previously people are used to like ave or something like you know, the, the traditional synthetics like defi apps but like mantle's got its own like new defi applications kind of pushing the field uh in it being one of them uh and you can get 30% real yield on your e on your wrapped ether inside of mantle uh, inside of init capital and that's a, in addition to the points that you can get from init i think like mantle is it's like turning into like the yield chain that's kind of, kind of my like my takeaway from my conversations with the Mantle folks. They just want like all of the best yields to happen on Mantle and like importantly real yields, not like pool tool yields that we saw last cycle. I think
0: that um, like the story of ETH
1: yield this cycle is, is, is huge. Um, ETH is- productivity is a huge theme.
0: Yeah. And I I remember last kind of like a DeFi summer, basically, I mean, I think we're going to repeat something very similar to DeFi summer, except in kind of like restaking. We're already midway through that. I mean, just seeing how Eigenlayer is blowing up and all the restaking protocols are blowing up. Like we've, we've talked about that before, but it's interesting this cycle where the source of yield is ether, the asset primarily, certainly dollars a little bit, but last Mm -hmm. time the story was all about dollar denominated yield. And now what you're talking about right here is ETH denominated yield. I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll remind everyone, the disclaimer is like, yield chasing is dangerous. So like right. when you go into some of these protocols, New you see dangerous. something, yeah. you see 20%, 30% type yield, right? Like, uh, make sure you understand the risks of that yield. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's smart contract risk. Sometimes it's economic right. risk. Sometimes it's like counterparty, like you don't understand type risk. So be careful <laughs> chasing re- yield. Right. But I, mm-hmm. that's what the market's going to do this entire cycle. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that it's ETH denominated this
1: time. Lastly, to wrap up the market section, actually, no, we have a few more sections after this. Movers of the week. Uh, Ryan, do you know what, in addition to Bitcoin, are the big categories of movers this week? I'm looking at them, and I'm a little bit sad, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I see our weave here, which I get that. That's
0: like the whole AI plus crypto yeah. kind of thing. But then I see Pepe, I see Bonk, uh,
1: Dogecoin. Dogecoin. Uh, wow, retail I don't. I will never fade a Dogecoin pump. Yeah. Um, this is cool. Uniswap, though. I guess we'll you, talk yeah, about that Uniswap. later in the episode. Yeah, Uh Uh-huh. We're we're coming up pretty pretty soon on that. uh, We'll talk about that, actually, in the big news. Um, Okay, yeah. Rounding out the market section, uh, Coinbase app was taken down by heavy traffic. This is as Bitcoin was pumping at a very, like, $3,000 in a single candle. Brian Armstrong tweeted out, we had modeled a 10x surge in traffic, and they also had load tested it, and then the traffic exceeded that number. It's expensive to keep services over provisioned he says but we need to keep on working on auto scaling solutions and killing any remaining bottlenecks. Thank you for bearing with us. So yeah, retail just like came flooding into Coinbase like oh yeah, Bitcoin it's cool it's again. It's back. Uh, <laughs> and then Coinbase crashed and then like a bunch of Coinbase user accounts started showing like a balance of 0. And so yeah, everyone that just was got it, freaked out. Yeah. And then Bitcoin after pumping to like $64,000 dumped crashed down to like $58,000 and then resumed up again. <laughs> it's like when we move this fast, this quickly, just like volatility is just like back on the menu. Yeah, people were
0: freaking out though when they saw the balance of, of zero in their Coinbase accounts and uh, mm-hmm. it, not I- entirely sure why, why that glitch happened as well. But look, it wouldn't be a bull market unless the Coinbase went down, right? Every single right. bull mar- market I've been in crypto, uh, yep. Coinbase has over, been overwhelmed by uh, demand and that's always a, a bullish sign. David, speaking mm-hmm. of bullish signs here, Reddit, you know, they are about to IPO. I think we mentioned this on a um, previous roll up. In in some of their SEC filings, uh, they mentioned this. We invested some of our excess cash reserves. So, of course, like mm-hmm. any large company, they have cash reserves. They invested it in Bitcoin and Ether mm-hmm. on the corporate balance sheet, David. This is a continuing story that I think is going to be important where you see, you know, Fortune 500, uh, stock company, uh, uh, publicly traded companies throughout the world, investing some of their treasury into non-fiat sources like Bitcoin and Ether. Another thing they mention is, and we also acquired Ether and Matic as a form of payment for sales of certain virtual goods. So not only did they uh, explicitly take their cash reserves and put that into Bitcoin and Ether, just as a better store of value, you have to presume, but they also acquired Ether and also Matic in order to purchase block space in the future. It's kind of like a, a hedge for, for future block uh, space purchases. This is so bullish, I think. The fact that, like, I know this is just a trickle, it, mm-hmm. but it's part of a broader trend where I think we're going to see more and more crypto assets on company balance sheets moving
1: forward. Well, th- this was the big narrative of last cycle, remember? Like, this was the whole thing. Like, this is where the Bitcoin Treasuries website came about. Now we're just, like, starting it all over again. It's easier to put Bitcoin on your balance sheet when it's inside of an ETF, let me tell you that. I mean, all the best narratives are multi-cycle narratives
0: because you you get to a certain right. point and then whoop oh the tide like you know it comes back and then and then everything sweeps back and you have to restart. And now we're just picking up where we resumed. Uh, Eric Connor makes the point: it's Bitcoin and Ether. That's that's the difference. This cycle, last yeah. cycle, you said it, it was is, just, Bitcoin. just Bitcoin. I think you're right. Now it's Bitcoin and Ether. And uh, I think that's a
1: little bit different this cycle. It always was Ether. Ether got onto corporate balance sheets last cycle too. And also, yeah, never mind. All right, moving up. Coming up next, Kraken reveals their side of the story with the SEC. Turns out the SEC was playing dirty. Gemini Earn customers are getting how much of their money back? We're going to tell you exactly how much. Talk of the Uniswap fee switch has changed the entire sentiment around DeFi 1.0. And Blast has actually launched its mainnet and Lens is now permissionless. This is like the best good news weekly roll-up that we've had in like two years. Uh, so we're going to go here and from all of this good news, but 1st a moment to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make this show possible. If you want a crypto trading experience backed by world-class security and award-winning support teams, then head over to Kraken, one of the longest standing and most secure crypto platforms in the world. Kraken is on a journey to build a more accessible, inclusive, and fair financial system, making it simple and secure for everyone everywhere to trade crypto. Kraken's intuitive trading tools are designed to grow with you, empowering you to make your first or your hundredth trade in just a few clicks. And there's an award-winning client support team available 24-7 to help you along the way, along with a whole range of educational guides, articles, and videos. With products and features like Kraken Pro and Kraken NFT Marketplace and a seamless app to bring it all together, it's really the perfect place to get your complete crypto experience. So check out the simple, secure, and powerful way for everyone to trade crypto, whether you're a complete beginner or a seasoned pro. Go to kraken.com slash bank lists to see what crypto can be. Not investment advice, crypto trading involves risk of loss. Uniswap is revolutionizing the DeFi space, not just by enabling swaps, but by empowering you to swap smarter with a comprehensive suite of products for faster, safer, and more informed swapping. Say goodbye to pop-up wallet extensions. The Uniswap extension is coming soon, and this extension is not a pop-up. It is a sidebar in your browser that persists no matter where you are on the web. This means you can swap, sign, or send and receive crypto anytime, anywhere, without obstructing your browser window. But that's not all. The Uniswap web app now features limit orders so you can buy and sell any token at your price on your terms without having to watch the market and the best part limit orders are built on uniswap x which means no gas fees also new to the web app is the data and insights pages with real-time candlestick charts price data transaction logs and detailed pool data all integrated into the uniswap web app all of these new releases come together to create one platform to help you swap smarter every time no matter where you are on web mobile or on the extension click the link in the show notes to sign up for the extension waitlist and download the mobile app. Start swapping smarter with Uniswap. Are you launching a token? Is it already live? How are you managing the legal and tax obligations for providing token grants to your team? It's no secret that token management gets complicated. Between learning all the legal language and tax obligations in every country that your team is in, token grant management can feel like an obstacle course. But it doesn't have to. That's where Toku steps in. Toku provides practical tools to handle token grants, allowing for effective oversight of token distributions and payroll tax compliance for employees, contractors, advisors, and investors. They also handle tax withholdings through their real-time tax calculations that can be done by Toku or integrated into any payroll EOR providers in any jurisdiction. Toku is a trusted provider of Protocol Labs, DYDX Foundation, Mina Protocol, and many more. Get started for free and make token compensation simple at toku.com slash bankless.
0: For the first time, Kraken reveals what actually happened between them and the SEC uh, recently. And for bankless listeners, and, and David, if, if you recall, so last we checked in on Kraken versus SEC, uh, the SEC had filed a complaint, basically taking Kraken to court. Mm-hmm. What did the complaint say? They were basically being sued for listing uh, securities. And of course, the SEC won't clarify what's thinks, a security. Everything is a they security. think everything that is a token could potentially be a security, uh, including many of the crypto assets that are obviously mm-hmm. not securities anyway. They basically charged Kraken with operating a cryptocurrency exchange because like, yeah, of course, they're, you know, exchanging, right. uh, allowing the buying and, and selling of crypto assets. Um, and they also charged Kraken with commingling. They included this in the complaint, basically an allusion to FDX style that they were commingling funds, which, uh, you know, turned out to be very much not the case. So this week, they announced that they are filing a motion in court to dismiss the SEC lawsuit, not just fight against it. They were saying, court, this is like a lawsuit that you shouldn't even consider. Because it's right. not worth uh, considering a court system, and they're filing for dismissal
1: on the backs of what they are actually revealing. And so they are this is that was the action that they were taking, but the the reason why they are justifying why the court ought to dismiss the complaint is that they the thing that they revealed is some backdoor shenanigans from the SEC. So in May, Kraken testified against the SEC's overreach in about crypto. Before the House Financial Services Committee and the House Agricultural Committee, this is one of the hearings that we uh, reported on way back when, Uh, they testified that, you know, all the things that you've heard on Bankless, current laws do not adequately cover the digital asset industry. Congress ought to do more to place a better set of rules to protect consumers and and investors. Congress should limit the SEC's jurisdiction in favor of other agencies. Like all the things that we've been asking for Congress and uh, Kraken just went to the hearing and testified that, hey, we should, they think we should do this. And then the next day, the SEC called Kraken to say it was going to sue. And so it was just like <laughs> uh-huh. the timing and the motivations are just extremely sus. It's like, okay, you guys are just suing us out of spite. And the whole point about the SEC and how it needs to be reined in is because the SEC cannot do things that are capricious and arbitrary. Arbitrary and capricious. How many times have we said this these words on the podcast? And so when like cracking has a very... Normal day at a hearing in Congress, and they testify their opinions in a public manner. And then the next day, the SEC says, "Hey, we're, we're gonna we're gonna see you guys." It's very personal. It's very spiteful. It's arbitrary and capricious. And so, this was the information that we did not know that that Krackett is now like revealing to the public. And on the backs of that, that is their justification for why the court ought to just dismiss the whole entire complaint and tell Gary Gensler to pack his bags.
0: I mean, the, the facts here are, are kind of um, startling here, right? So Kraken tells Congress the SEC is overreaching. And the very next mm-hmm. day, the SEC goes and calls Kraken and tells them they're sued. <laughs> by the way, not the first time they were sued that year. The second right. time they were sued right. in 2023. Completely yeah. caught Kraken by surprise because they had already resolved the first complaint. This feels like a mob boss
1: scare tactic, David.
0: Yeah. And yeah, uh, a, I
1: mean... It's a, what, what do you call this? Extortion. Extortion. Kraken paid $30 million to settle with the SEC. And then the SEC is like, oh, I bet we can do it again.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, absolutely crazy. So this is Jake Trevinsky here saying, Yesterday, Kraken filed a motion to dismiss the SEC enforcement action. The brief is a great read. We'll include a link to this in the show notes, by the way. Strong argument for why the SEC is wrong. Uh, and in the blog post, it basically accuses the SEC over retaliation for its testimony in Congress. Wow. What is the judge going to think about this, David?
1: Um, that is pretty cringe from the SEC. Yeah.
0: Cringe maybe illegal.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will see. But Kraken's not stopping there. So not only are they fighting about back about the SEC, they're also launching Kraken Institutional. So basically the whole like, we're not effing leaving moves, like SEC back off. And also we are launching further products to satisfy consumer demand inside America. So they're launching uh, Kraken Institutional just to satisfy uh, all the institutions out there. Hopefully, you're not getting more ETH and Bitcoin on institutional balance sheets. That's, that's what we enjoy. So just yeah. some big moves from Kraken this week.
0: I think once you get the institutions on your side, then you have like a, right. a heat shield against the
1: regulators, which is really yeah. what we need at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Gary Gensler is not going to be happy. Nice job, guys. Nice job, Kraken. All right. Moving on to Gemini Earn. Gemini Earns will receive 100% of their capital back. That they had in Gemini Earn. So a uh, settlement was reached between Genesis and their creditors, which is, you know, Gemini Earn, that's most people. Uh, And so if you had lent one BTC in the Earn program, you will receive one BTC back. This isn't some FTX shenanigans where you're getting 100% of your dollar denominated uh, uh, value back when Bitcoin was like $20,000. If you had one Bitcoin in Gemini Earn, you will get one Bitcoin back. Uh, which is literally the best outcome possible. Uh, congratulations to all people getting their money back out of Gemini Earn. Uh, bankless listeners will know I got scammed by some of the banks
0: uh, last year. Not not a lot, but you know I, I like to test my Gemini Earn. I like to test my BlockFi, mm-hmm. I test my Celsius, right? So like uh, I was a beta tester for for many of these things. So uh, I was absolutely shocked when I received this email from Gemini Earn saying. Yeah. I, I thought it, I thought you, it was did, like Did fishing. you think it was a fish? Yeah. Totally. I yeah. So I went directly uh-huh. to Twitter and I, I tried to verify from multiple sources. And mm-hmm. yeah, th- this is the case. Now, there's one caveat to this it's if the bankruptcy court approves this settlement in principle. Oh. So there's still a little thing to go through. But I mean, they should. The hard part is making sure the money's there and it. Seems like from this announcement, Mm -hmm. the money is actually there. So this would mean Earn users can expect to receive ninety-seven percent of their assets in two months, and that's in kind, as you said. So you you put in ETH, you get back ETH. You put in big, so it was actually um, they were they were short like seven hundred million when you look Mm -hmm. at the bottom. But they're uh, giving back in terms of fiat value in assets like 1.8 billion, something like that, because of, of price appreciation. Yeah, because of okay, okay, so like, price appreciation. What are the
1: odds that just like the forced holding of Gemini Earn com- uh, customers actually made them net more money than they would have otherwise hi- had? Very high. They had, added. Added. Yeah. they didn't sell so, okay. the bottom. They forced hold- held the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the th- they force held the bottom. And the worst thing is, is that they just didn't get the yield from Gemini Earned. <laughs> they just didn't have any yield. By the That's way, the they, worst thing that happened.
0: Have you seen this? <laughs> this is a little bit of uh, Sam Pigman-Fried's argument from, uh, from jail, where he's actually saying like, hey, people are getting their money back. And it does seem like FTX uh, depositors will... Um, make back their money, not in kind, all right? Yeah, but that's, like, not, in dollars. that's not making
1: back their money. Yeah, but he you, said- they, I, they will have less bitcoins.
0: His filing is, I should only go to jail for s- six years uh, rather than like the, you know, like what, 20 plus lifetime. So He hasn't been sentenced kind of yet, right? No, he hasn't been sentenced. So that's what he's- yeah, that's I what wonder he's if the positive
1: crypto price movements will actually like make his sentencing more lenient. I wonder if that's true.
0: Uh, who knows? Uh, by the way, he's telling- I read the story this week. He's telling his prison guards to buy Seoul. <laughs> that's what he's he's advising. I'm sure they're asking him, right? If you if you're no a prison guard, way, you you want to ask the, the crypto uh, uh, kingpin what to buy, and that's his advice from prison. <laughs> he's, he's not financial unsung. advice, Sam Bankman Freed. Uh, <laughs> All right. Anyway, All right. so um, what's great about this Gemini Earn, if it comes to pass, and it looks pretty pretty um, secure Good, yeah. here, uh, like Celsius, um, the folks from Celsius only received like twenty to thirty percent of their funds back, and, like not in kind, right, in like fiat. So very little. Mishinsky just like totally effed up uh and yep. stole everyone's money well, basically.
1: Mishinsky was a scammer. He didn't He F was up. a total... Zach, well, Zach yes. Prince effed <laughs> up. Yes. Mishinsky was a scammer. Okay, well, Zach Prince, BlockFi, st- we still don't
0: know. Uh, BlockFi yeah. people still don't know whether how much they're getting back. But um good mm-hmm. news for Gemini Earn and um, actually yeah. unexpected. Um yeah. David, let's talk about another thing that was unexpected is yeah. you know the fee switch we've been talking about forever for Uniswap, mm-hmm. the token, mm-hmm. right? Like, uni token value accrual could actually happen if we just turn the fee switch on well it seems like there was news that this might actually happen at least something Mm that that uh spiked the price of uni token something i haven't seen for like five like three or four
1: years anyway 70 percent this week why why did we go up that high So a Uniswap Foundation governance lead. So anyone can submit a proposal to the Uniswap forums to uh, turn on the fee switch. I'm sure that's happened. It's happened a handful of times. But when the Uniswap Foundation governance lead posts the proposal, and it's a meaningful proposal with like actual thought out, uh, you know, work being put into it, it means a little bit different. Uh, And so it would say uh, it would, uh, the upgrade would reward uni holders who have staked and delegated their tokens with the fee switch, so if approved by the community, the fee switch might just go ahead and turn on. Like as you said, Uni went up from seven dollars to twelve point five dollars. One of the biggest pumps out of a token, a DeFi token, I've ever seen. Seventy percent is a big move, especially for Uniswap, because it already had like a multi-billion dollar uh, market cap. Okay, so like how much, if the fee switch was turned on, how much would actually go to uh, token holders? So if you analyze uh, the best recent months of fees and assume a 10% take rate on the fees. So like, uh, what is it? What is the fee? The typical fee is somewhere between um, 30 bips, Ryan, and 10 bips. bips. Uh, and if you take 10% of that, uh, that would be $96 million mm. for the uni uh, system, for the uni system, which is uh, not a great PE ratio. It's 120 price to earnings. That's really um, good. That's like less than Zoom used to be. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot. I forgot we're in a we're in a low interest rate era.
0: Um, this is well, it's
1: basically that P.E. is like a, a high growth tech stock kind of like right. P.E. Sure. Yeah. 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 And then you can expect Uniswap fees to like dominate this bull market just because that's what happens in bull markets. Um, so like a- a- annualized total fees is almost a billion dollars. But then the take rate of 10 percent would give them 96 million dollars. What I love about this price pump is it's nothing to do with memes. It's like fundamentals. Yes. Like, it's like yes. cash flow is going back
0: to uni token holders. Yes. Like, that's and then new. the uni
1: price gets redirected.
0: Yeah. And it. what what does this mean? The audacity of, again, this isn't the, like the, the Uniswap uh, Labs company, right? This isn't Hayden mm-hmm. Adams and crew, but the audacity right. of uh, uni token governance to put this proposal through, right? There, there have been How all sorts dare of- a
1: DAO make their token a cash flowing
0: <laughs> asset? I mean, Gary Gensler might be upset about this, but, like, can
1: he do anything? I hope he Will is. He I hope he is. Yeah, okay, so this had ripple effects kind of down the DeFi 1.0 stack. So, Frax also kind of put out this tweet talking in, in the tailwinds of the Unipump. Should VEFXS holders, that's like the Frax token holders, vote to distribute revenue back to FXS stakers? Frax makes eight figures of annual, annual revenue, being mostly converted into the treasury, Should it go back to the stakers? So now like if Uniswap is bold enough to turn on the fee switch for its token holders, that has repriced a lot of the DeFi 1.0 cash flowing yielding uh, tokens. And we've also seen like a price appreciation kind of down the market cap stack on a lot of DeFi 1.0 tokens. So this is this is part of the whole theme of this week, which is like. Winning begets winning. We're just like doing all the things, 100%. covering up for all the things that were bearish in 2022 are now bullish in 2024. We're just yeah, doing like, all the things that, that we were suffering from.
0: Ave, synthetics, Lido, uh, mm-hmm. DYDX, all up on that news on the week, which is great mm-hmm. because um, without that, David, we do have just like, quote unquote, useless governance tokens. We just have a whole bunch of memes. So this is what's interesting is the SEC, if they decide to weigh on this, is put in like a really weird spot, right? Like, um, do they want... Like, it's better for uni investors to have cash flows or else it's just a meme token. Do they want to make... Do they do want to force all crypto tokens into memes? Or are they going to be okay with on-chain cash flows that are managed by like this decentralized community organization with immutable code on-chain, on-chain cash
1: flows? Yeah, the actions of the SEC has incentivized capital to go into actual meme coins yes because of the risks of actually being a a real fundamental valuable innovation that's tokenized yeah and so this is the pendulum swinging back gary gensler's like losing court case after court case he's on his heels people are getting bold enough to start to fight back uh like it's no it's no coincidence like this it goes back to eric Wall Street at the very beginning it's like this storyline this arc this poetry that is happening of like Kraken okay. is going to give Gary Gensler a, an UNO card. Uniswap is turning on the fee switch. Everyone is like, boldness begets boldness. And all of a sudden, crypto is cool again. And Gary Gensler looks cringe. Yep. Uh,
0: Uniswap Labs as well. So this is, again, different than the Uniswap Foundation that controls the fee, the fee switch. But the centralized company, Uniswap Labs, is also continuing to build. So they just introduced the Uniswap extension. Uh, this week, which is, uh, you know, pretty cool. So this is like a browser expen- extension and also limit orders as well are kind of like native to the app.
1: Uh, browser extension, actually, I don't think sells it very sorry. well. This is a browser sidebar. So instead of like a little pop-up, like your MetaMask or Rabbit, oh, really? this is like a little sidebar. So it, it doesn't like overlap over your window. It's yeah. a kind of this persistent thing. So we had that Uniswap designer on the on the show a while ago, and he's just a big fan of just like rethinking stuff and so this Uniswap sidebar, just think about like a module on your browser that is persistent. And it's just like a wallet for your browser. So the more um, web three our internet becomes, the more like nice it's going to have to have a persistent module there. Hmm. Uh, and so that's what, that's what the Uniswap wallet I is. I try that out.
0: That looks really cool. I gotta yep. try that out. Um, David, right. we got a lot more to talk about. The blobs are almost here. Mm-hmm. How, what's the effect going to be on the Ethereum economy? Also blast mainnet and mm-hmm. Trump weighs in on Bitcoin. Maybe he likes yeah. it now. We'll talk about all that and more. But before we do, we want to thank the sponsors that made this episode possible, including Mantle, the chain, apparently to get your yield. Go check it out.
1: Mantle, formerly known as BitDAO, is the first DAO-led Web3 ecosystem, all built on top of Mantle's first core product, the Mantle Network, a brand new high-performance Ethereum Layer 2 built using the OP stack, but uses Eigenlayer's data availability solution instead of the expensive Ethereum Layer 1. Not only does this reduce Mantle Network's gas fees by 80%, but it also reduces gas fee volatility, providing a more stable foundation for Mantle's applications. The Mantle Treasury is one of the biggest DAO-owned treasuries, which is seeding an ecosystem of projects from all around the Web3 space for Mantle. Mantle already has sub-communities from around Web3 onboarded, like Game7 for Web3 Gaming and Bybit for TVL and Liquidity and OnRance. So if you want to build on the Mantle network, Mantle is offering a grants program that provides milestone-based funding to promising projects that help expand, secure, and decentralize Mantle. If you want to get started working with the first DAO-led Layer 2 ecosystem, check out Mantle at mantle.xyz and follow them on Twitter at 0xmantle. Arbitrum is the leading Ethereum scaling solution that is home to hundreds of decentralized applications. Arbitrum's technology allows you to interact with Ethereum at scale with low fees and faster transactions. Arbitrum has the leading DeFi ecosystem, strong infrastructure options, flourishing NFTs, and is quickly becoming the web 3 gaming hub. Explore the ecosystem at portal.arbitrum.io. Are you looking to permissionlessly launch your own Arbitrum Orbit chain? Arbitrum Orbit allows anyone to utilize Arbitrum's secure scaling technology to build your own Orbit chain, giving you access to interoperable, customizable permissions with dedicated throughput. Whether you're a developer, an enterprise, or a user, Arbitrum Orbit lets you take your project to new heights. All of these technologies leverage the security and decentralization of Ethereum. Experience Web3 development the way it was always meant to be, secure, fast, cheap, and friction-free. Visit arbitrum.io and get your journey started in one of the largest Ethereum communities. Cello is the mobile-first EVM compatible carbon-negative blockchain built for the real world, driving real-world use cases like mobile payments and mobile DeFi. And with Opera MiniPay as one of the fastest-growing web3 wallets, Cello is seeing a meteoric rise with over 300 million transactions and 1.5 million monthly active addresses. And now Cello is looking to come home to Ethereum as a layer 2. Optimism, Polygon, Matter Labs, and Arbitrum have all thrown their hats in the ring for the Cello layer 2 to build upon their stacks. Why the competition? The Celo Layer 2 will bring huge advantages like a decentralized sequencer, off-chain data availability secured by Ethereum validators, and one-block finality. What does that all mean for you? With Cello Layer 2, gas fees will stay low, and you can even pay for gas natively using ERC-20 tokens, sending crypto to phone numbers across wallets using Social Connect. But Cello is a community-governed protocol. This means that Cello needs you to weigh in and make your voice heard. Join the conversation in the Cello forums. Follow Cello on Twitter and visit Cello.org to shape the future of Ethereum. Dankun is just around the corner, scheduled for mainnet activation at Epoch 29,696. That's March 13th for anyone who is a normal person at 855 EST. Uh, so if you run an Ethereum node, you need to upgrade your node software because we have to upgrade for Denkun. Uh So that is your last PSA because the next weekly rollup we have. No, two weeks. It's in two weeks. It's the 29th. Uh, we got basically two weeks until Dankun. 12 days. Yeah. So that means the
0: blobs are coming. And that's like a... Um, huh. A weird way to describe what's happening. Like, here, here's a reframe, sort of a a um, nation state economics uh, reframe of it, because I think people are really sleeping on this Ethereum upgrade. So on March 13th, Ethereum is actually injecting a massive stimulus into the Ethereum economy because it's cutting roll up taxes by ninety percent. Okay, roll up taxes, the taxes they pay. (laughs) it's that's what's actually happening. And if you look at kind of estimates. Roll up transactions basically drop to something close to free, at least 80% of the roll-up transactions, until they 4X. And then they start to become more expensive. So right. it, from my perspective, this is sort of like a, a stimmy check in a way, or like it's like a massive tax cut to a sector That's of the Ethereum economy. Checked. It's a max <laughs> it's a massive tax tax cut to the Ethereum economy in that way. It yeah. induces it induces demand in the way that uh, yes. a tax cutting economic stimulus would. And uh, to me, this is already fuel on like what is already a bull market economy. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I think people should start reframing it in terms of like the protocol is doing this thing that's going to um, like induce more demand and cause increased mm-hmm. economic activity because that is actually what's going on. I think blobs undersells it because no one knows what the F a blob actually is. Right. And we've got to translate this into normie speak. And get some economists to start speaking this language for, like, macro
1: updates. Okay, so here's how I'll frame this. So Ethereum, the layer one, it's Manhattan, right? It's expensive. The Ethereum protocol has improved the subway, the railway lines that go to Brooklyn and New Jersey and uh, upstate. Uh, It is now cheaper and faster to take a train to go to the suburbs, which means that it's easier and more accessible to live in these suburbs. The suburbs are now a, a better place to live and they're better connected to the Ethereum layer one. Um, and that's just because the 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 cost of the blobs where layer twos put their data are going down. It's basically a subsidy for layer twos. You're you you're being very bullish about just like the prices going down on, on layer twos. And I think that's going to be a blip. I think transaction fees are going to go for a very short amount of time. They'll go to, to drop to zero, but it's going to be like, under for under a week maybe even under a day and then they're going to come back up to more or less about where they are now except we will see a lot more total activity on on ethereum layer twos i think the thing that is going to really benefit um the most is going to be the pnl of the major layer twos so you're going to see arbitrum is just way more profitable optimism is way more profitable their costs are going down and their total volume is going to go up
0: yeah, I mean basically they get they get something close to free transactions or massively reduced uh transactions until they all collectively 4X. That's how much uh net new bandwidth we have, which is um I just think cool.
1: they're forexing very quickly, is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Uh, I hope they do. More economic value mm-hmm. created. Speaking of that, Blast has already reached two billion in total value locked. And uh, apparently they just went mainnet. So that is as of yep. today, the day of recording. As of,
1: as of today. Yep. Um, 150,000 to wallets with $2 billion in TVL. Yeah. I think Blast has kind of gotten, um, it has left a bad taste in its mouth for just the it's way that it launched. It's very controversial. And as a result of that, I kind of think people are under-indexing actually the technical merits of Blast. I was under-indexing on it. I thought I was like, what's the point of having native wield when you can just use Lido eth inside of like your normal chain? Um, but apparently, allegedly, uh, something I'm looking forward to seeing is that when you actually put native yield into the protocol, it actually does unlock a design space. That's unique. That's different than just is like it still a multi-sig ETH. though? <laughs> uh, probably, I'm going to guess it is. Yeah. I'm guess it is. Well, you still got that. So, um,
0: I guess staker oh, beware, yeah. you know, yield seeker beware with that, but
1: it, I mean, it's cool to see another experiment going on here. Yeah. Um. Something else that's exciting is Coinbase has released their report, their Coinbase cloud report uh, about the composition of the Ethereum network on the execution layer. So this is came after we had a bug in one of the execution clients that was the minority client. And then the whole entire Ethereum community was like, well, if that was Geth, that would have been really bad. Uh, And Geth has had this really high, strong dominance at 82 percent. It's come down to like 78, 77 percent. Still too high. Uh, But Coinbase just released their, um, uh, just announced their future plans to shift 50% of their validators, which are 100% guess, to to NetherMind. So they're doing a 50-50 split to NetherMind. And then they also said that they intend to support Aragon in the future, another client. Perhaps that means they will do 33-33-33. And then they also said that they're keeping an eye on uh, Russ Ethereum, Mm -hmm. uh, which Georgios from Paradigm is pioneering. Uh, And so basically it's a commitment to truly balance out uh, equally all of Coinbase's uh, validators to... um, Materially uh, diffuse the concentration of Ethereum's execution client. I mean, that's which great, is just perfect. That's in that's the best great.
0: interest of Coinbase. That's in the best interest of Coinbase stakers. It's, it's certainly in the yep. best interest of uh, uh, Ethereum. So, Ethereum at yeah. post those changes, how low would this drive? Kind of like geth? Would right. it? Would it bring us below right. kind of two thirds? That's kind of where we're trying to get to, right?
1: Yes, once Coinbase moves 50% of their validators from Geth to Nethermind, Geth dominance will be below the critical threshold of 66%. And a reminder, Ethereum is the only multi-client layer one that exists. So like this is one of the biggest weaknesses of Ethereum is that we have like concentration in Geth which is getting removed post Coinbase migrating and every other layer one is a single client ecosystem. I got to say that that is very eth Maxi of you, David. That's uh, so eth Maxi of me. Some more big news this week. Lens Protocol, which is the
0: um, social protocol built on top of mm-hmm. crypto, primarily uh, Polygon, is now permissionless. So anyone mm-hmm. can create a uh, profile on Lens. Lens is pretty similar to, to Farcaster in some ways um, in that it's kind of like... Uh, no, so it's, a, it's a more cheney yeah, i caster. Yeah, yeah, there's more stuff happening on Polygon. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like um, decentralized identity. You kind of own you yeah. have your own property rights with respect to uh, anything, any messages that you send on it, any tweets that, that you make. Or I, I guess I'll call them tweets, but I'm not sure exactly what they're called in the lens protocol world. It's really transactions, a, <laughs> transactions I suppose. Um, there are now one hundred twenty five thousand users. There have been almost 40 million on-chain social transactions, including 5 million posts. So a lot of activity. And that activity is kind of spread out across clients. You know, right now, um, Farcaster has just one central app, which is Warpcast. They're hoping that Mm -hmm. more apps kind of spin up over time. Um, Lens hasn't really built its own central app internally. It's kind of like the community, a bunch of startups, entrepreneurs are kind of developing these apps. So... It it makes it I guess a, a bit more decentralized from that perspective, at least at the at the kind of the app layer. Um, but also, there's not really a, a shelling point that I found uh, for Lens yet, right? There's not like a warp cast of one central place to go if you're trying to do something on Lens. Uh, but the big question is, how will Lens and Farcaster, you know, compete? Because we are in the very first innings, the the beginnings. Of uh, Social Fi. If you want to explore that a bit more, we'll drop a link in the show notes to a fantastic article we published on Banklist this week from William Piester, kind of comparing Lens and Farcaster, how to get started, how they're similar, how they're different. And uh, I would encourage everyone to go check out Social Fi. Go check out Lens, go check out Farcaster, this bull cycle. I think there's going to be a lot of activity happening um in these platforms uh like in, in in this bull market it's a good time to check them out
1: next in news Robert Leshner and his super state fund has introduced their ethereum based short term united states government securities fund uh that was a mouthful it's basically tokenized treasuries um short term treasuries uh so you get the yield of a treasury wrapped up inside of a stable coin uh so this is uh part of the whole um real-world assets phenomenon. Uh, this is the first fund out of uh, Robert Lesher's super state, which they, I think, plan to just tokenize a bunch of stuff. Um, so what does the, the fund do? It invests in short-duration United States Treasury uh, securities, um, and then it, which targets the Fed funds rate. And so it yields something close to the Fed's funds rate. And then Superstate takes a 0.15% 15 bips management fee. Um, so cool, congrats to Robert Lester for getting that out the door.
0: T- tokenized, um, I guess, like a, t- a tokenized treasury. That's what we're trying to get to yep. here. That's that's regulated yep. uh, in the U.S. Yep. David, some new uh, Satoshi Nakamoto emails were made public this week as as a result mm-hmm. of, I believe, a, a court case. But people are pouring right. through the findings here. So here's a thread from uh, Pete Rizzo going through mm-hmm. some of the, the findings. And um, I don't think anyone has seen these, at least publicly, seen these emails before from... 2009, the very genesis yeah. of Bitcoin from Satoshi Nakamoto, the pseudo-anonymous founder of Bitcoin. Was any anything interesting
1: here to you? I haven't parsed through these emails. I'm kind of letting the Bitcoin historians do that work, and they're, I'm sure they're going to surface some of the best stuff. Um, uh, I think a big theme was Satoshi's interest in what would be categorized as like big blocker philosophy like increasing the block size, increasing throughput, he definitely saw Bitcoin as like a high volume Visa competitor. Uh, and so everyone is like, oh, Satoshi was a big blocker. I don't really think that that matters personally. Satoshi left to allow Bitcoin to grow on its own. He knew, understood that Bitcoin was like a child that was going to grow up. Uh, I don't think Satoshi's opinions, I don't, I don't elevate Satoshi's Toshi, opinions to like god status but like some people like to like to do it's that. It's almost like a religious text for some people. It, yes. So this is basically this is what happened is like the the bitcoin historians are like parsing through these ancient scriptures that were just discovered in like a tomb which was the emails of, like, Craig Wright and whoever, <laughs> like, this legal, legal uh, case was. Uh, and now people are parsing it. I think the funniest one, Ryan, is that Satoshi was a big fan of jalapeno pineapple pizza. Really? <laughs> um, that, that was revealed, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Satoshi is a pineapple pizza person. Well,
0: what does that uncover about who Satoshi was? So anything like this, it drops. And there's always another fervor of speculation in terms of uh, who, who he yeah. was. And uh, including this uh, this Reddit forum, the leading candidates are you know, generally these three that that I typically see: Nick Sabo as a p- mm. possible candidate. So uh, Nick, right. he's gone dormant. I haven't heard Nick speaking about crypto yeah, in a very yeah. long time, but did some early posts. Is still alive. Uh, Hal Finney, who passed away in two th- two thousand and fourteen. Right. He's a cryptographer, and Len uh, Sassaman. So he uh, um, took his life, committed suicide in two thousand and eleven. Right. So. It's always interesting to, I I find it fascinating to read up on just the speculation of who
1: Satoshi was. Do you think it actually matters? I don't think it matters. And I kind of think we, uh, Satoshi left, he left wanted to disappear he needed bitcoin to grow up on its own i think speculation on who satoshi is is fun but also like it also has real consequences like um nick zabo's wife who's still alive has like been harassed on the potential of fact that like she might have private keys that she doesn't know about hidden in her house somewhere he wow, really? hell didn't tell her yeah and so like no wonder he's the, in the quiet. bitcoin community there's definitely like a repression of satoshi speculation because it impacts the safety of the people being speculated against because there's like you know the .01% of the population who's like deranged and will do something crazy
0: as, as long as those uh, keys stay locked forever I, I you know like I think well, I think they're burnt I think they're you burnt. think they're gone yeah I, 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 I tend to think that too I mean we're if, if Satoshi
1: years had the spirit to leave and disappear he also had the spirit to burn his keys yeah. or maybe he's waiting for 1 million bitcoin he's gonna sell a market, <laughs>
0: market dump at all
1: <laughs> could you him the 20 year long con <laughs>
2: Oh, wow. Oh, my God. David, uh,
0: Avalanche was down this week. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, but um, the Layer 1 Network Avalanche was down for a good number of hours. Five hours. Five hours.
1: Five hours. There you go. Um, First outage this year. This is what happens when you don't have a multi-client layer one. Wow. Some would call that grave dancing. Not me, though, David. Uh, I think you're This is just important lessons (laughs) about how we know that you need multi-client systems. (laughs) This isn't grave dancing. This is what happens when you don't have multi-client systems. David, let's talk about a tale of two politicians. So is this Donald Trump
0: saying something good about Bitcoin? I didn't know he was favorable to Bitcoin. Everything I've ever heard this man say has actually been um, opposing Bitcoin, -Bitcoin. anti-Bitcoin, and propping up the dollar. But here he is on Fox News. Uh, Let's play this.
2: Something that you haven't talked a lot about, you came out strongly against the central bank digital currency, which would be a government-controlled digital dollar.
1: Uh, China obviously has its own push in (laughs) the Chinese uh, digital currency. But isn't the next logical step for you to embrace Bitcoin? Because Bitcoin obviously is decentralized.
0: The government can't get its hands on it. What about
1: Bitcoin, all the young people, including African-Americans who
2: are all the young people? Well, a lot of people are doing it. I always liked one. A currency. lot of people are doing it. the currency. I like the dollar, <laughs> but a lot of
1: people are doing it. And frankly, uh, it's
2: it's people taken clap a for, of for the dollar. bro. You <laughs> have to do some like regulation, the as you know, but many people are uh, embracing it. And more and more, I'm seeing people wanting to pay Bitcoin.
1: And you're seeing something that's interesting. So uh, not I too many with though. one way or the other. I've always liked one really powerful thing, and that's called the dollar. Yeah. All right.
0: There you go. Dollar maxi confirmed. All right. He doesn't hate Bitcoin, loves the dollar, though, but doesn't hate Bitcoin. I love
1: how everyone's clapping. It's like, Donald Trump the dollar. loves the dollar. Go, dollar. It's <laughs> <dollar's Woo>! great. <laughs> uh, David, here's a- All right, but that was a big Overton window shift for Trump. I Yeah, I will say All that. All right. It, has Elizabeth Warren changed her tune? Let's let's hear it from her.
0: As another contrast clip this week from Elizabeth Warren,
2: I want to collaborate with the industry. What I don't understand is why She's the, talking about industry, the crypto industry seems to be saying that the only way that they can survive is if there's plenty of space for the drug traffickers and the human traffickers. Human traffickers. Oh, and oh my the terrorists. God and the ransomware scammers uh, and the consumer scammers and the rogue nations, North Korea, that is financing about half of its nuclear missile program with crypto, that all of that has to be left open.
1: Okay, that last one was true.
2: in (laughs) In our financial system, pretty much everybody follows the same set of rules. I'm talking banks and credit unions and credit card companies. Uh, Gold traders and stockbrokers, private equity now has to follow the rules, precious metal dealers, Venmo, Western Union, but not crypto. My view of the world is same kind of activity, same kind of risk, should have the same regulation. I'm not looking for fancier regulation for them. I'm not looking for, for anything tougher for them. I just want a level playing field here. Not
0: a big believer in DeFi. And when it comes to a level playing field, I think uh, DeFi, being able to have your own private keys and use this in an open uh, financial uh, economy, the way that we communicate on the Internet, uh, that seems like that is leveling the playing field. But I think she wants to make us all all of our apps, all of our validators, all of our activity subject. She wants to make us all banks, basically. Which, uh, not a big fan of
1: DeFi, uh, I think, from Elizabeth Warren here. She opened up this clip saying, what I don't understand is why the industry, that's us, seems to be saying that the only way we can survive is if there is plenty of space for the drug traffickers, the human traffickers, the terrorists. Oh, Ryan, <laughs> who's true. saying I don't that? Think we say, I have not who's said that. Who's saying that? <laughs> have, are we saying that? No. Is anyone that we've ever had on the podcast saying that? Can she point me to the person that said that? That, so like I sent this clip to my liberal family, and I just dropped this bomb in our 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 text our family text chat, and I was like, "Oh, so your your guys your girls live with Warrens, just like making stuff up now. Great, um, they haven't woken up yet, but we'll see."
0: <laughs> yeah, David, let let me know what your family says. Uh, you know, yep. I don't know if you're gonna have an awkward Thanksgiving ahead, but uh, I'm, I bet I'm hoping the best. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's a political year. What are we gonna do? Um, David, True. tell me about the meetup. I couldn't make it. ETH Denver, Bankless, uh citizens were there at a party bankless meetup Mm -hmm. in person Mm -hmm. uh these are some of the photos fantastic yeah it was great
1: it was great (laughs) what was it so i I facetimed you for like 10 seconds yeah who was i talking to as a oh just some bankless citizens because they they every every time it's like we get through some of the they're like oh like thanks for doing the podcast i appreciate what you guys do is ryan here and I'm like, guys, no, Ryan <laughs> never comes. He's never here. So you just but dialed we can Facetime him. So yeah. I just so I just FaceTimed you. Yeah, I couldn't hear anything, so was too loud. Yeah, yeah um, I, I saw dude, something. these are always these are always some of the best events. Uh, the Bankless community is always just like some of the best people. Tons of previous podcast guests were there. Like Kevin O'Walky was hanging out. Um, Michael Polito was there for a little bit. Uh, just just a lot of good old fam. You know, the the, the fams all, all in town. It was great. Um, I had I had three beers. I got very loose. It was lovely. Uh, <laughs> Bankless Nation's uh, fun to hang out with. That's when you uh
0: you, you have some of your best ideas, I think, when you got a, a f- oh, few drinks in story. you. <laughs> <laughs> you talk, talk talk to me about uh, you know some breakthroughs in terms of um, understanding of uh, eigenlayer last night. I think so. <laughs> Rece- I received okay. these texts Bank- in the middle
1: of the night. <laughs> you did not receive these texts. I, I saw them in Discord. <laughs> I I have inside of uh, the Bankless Discord where we like you know run the company. I have. A, ch- a channel called David's Room yeah. that no one is oh, allowed to go it. into except, except Ryan's there because he's yeah. also a moderator. I don't know. And I'm having some like ideas, you know, some like, some like, you know, alcohol aided inspiration. At one in the, but the morning. But I need to remember these things because my, <laughs> it, it was at one in the morning. Well, one in the morning, your time. It yeah, was like 11 true, p.m. It's my time. True. It's, I just and find it So funny. I like, you know, write, a, write like, gotta write the notes because I'll forget it. And so I, I sent them in the Discord and then Ryan is like, oh, sweet drunk text. Yeah, like, David, they weren't to you. David they were drunk to me. Text is
0: going to be about Igule or something.
1: And I'm here for it. It's great. All right, let's flip
0: to uh raise of the week. And these are some raises we mentioned because Bankless Ventures is part of them. So it's partially a disclosure as well. Bouncebit uh, raised $6 million in seed funding. What is Bouncebit? All right, so this is actually kind of a funny one for uh, Bankless yeah. Ventures to invest in because, because of two reasons. Number one, it's like Bitcoin centric, which is interesting yeah. uh, for Bankless. And it's also banked. Okay, so what BounceBit is actually doing- Semi-banked. Semi, uh, mostly banked, I would say. Mostly banked. There's over, did you know, David? I think you did know, actually. Um, but I'm going to ask you like you didn't. There's 700,000 Bitcoin right now in Binance mm-hmm. uh, custody solutions. So just inside of Binance. So this is banked Bitcoin. It's held in the custody of uh, Binance. And um, there are there is some segment of people that, for whatever reason, they still trust um, custodying in their crypto exchange. Um, you know- I understand why to to some extent, but you know, like maybe they can't handle their private keys. Maybe they're an institution, something like this. What Bouncebit does is it basically takes that um, that Bitcoin and allows you to use it on a side chain in DeFi type protocols. I, mm-hmm. I put DeFi in air quotes is because the entire thing is is custodied by Binance. At
1: you know, like it's right. uh, it's fully banked already right. at some level. And importantly, it is um, a BTC centric. Uh, Consensus solution, not a blockchain, uh, not a Bitcoin, the blockchain. And so it is like, it's kind of like a proof of stake using the custodied Bitcoin.
0: Yes. Uh, and so they're they're going to create kind of an open finance ecosystem where you can mm-hmm. do uh, collateralized lending and borrowing and, and trading and all of these things on top of the bank held in custody um, Binance Bitcoin. And so there's a lot of this. Uh, right. I think that's an, an okay interim step for Bitcoin mm-hmm. until it has like fully... Um, Like on-chain, layer twos. And by the way, they're getting there with actual DeFi. So this provides a source of yield for Bitcoin that wants to be expressed in an open finance community and for people that are fine
1: custodying their their Bitcoin uh, with Binance. So that's what BounceBit is all about. Yeah, this definitely falls into the category that I've I've seen emerging very, very strongly, which is all about, about BTC productivity. Like, how can we make Bitcoin more productive? There's like a, a flurry of Bitcoin layer two deals going on, all kind of ahead of uh, the BitVM. And also, another innovation that I was uh, hearing about here at ETH Denver there was a Bitcoin Renaissance Day here at ETH Denver um, that like, was unlocking proof of stake in Bitcoin, where, like instead of slashing, uh, what would happen, Ryan, is like if you violated consensus your private keys would be revealed and anyone can just, like, take your Bitcoins from you, what? which is, like, basic, basically <laughs> slashing. Yeah, but, they but have to do unlock, this because they're not fully expressive. Like, they, like right. it's yes. limited that, in that terms is of smart version. contract functionality. Exactly, that is their version of, of proof of stake. And so basic, basically, basically, BounceBit is taking kind of the Polygon strategy, like the Polygon proof of stake sidechain before they have the Polygon ZK EVM, mm. just bootstrapping the chain, getting the TVL, getting the developer ecosystem. Uh, and then once the Bitcoin layer two ecosystem actually um, manifests at a technical level, because it's still kind of in the research phase, but people are, are betting on its future. Uh, then bouncebit has plans to actually you know uh, choose a solution there um but also fully evm compatible so all of ethereum the ethereum eco ecosystem is able to be expressed on bouncebit
0: yeah we'll be good as long as Binance doesn't rug uh what else we got uh etherfi raised uh, 27 Mm -hmm. million this is in the restaking class and uh bankless ventures was part of that as well Uh,
1: remind us what etherfi is Etherfi, it is a liquid restaking token. It is one of the like like you said, the Eigenlayer ecosystem deals. Uh, it is the number one liquid restaked token by ETH deposits into Etherfi. I think they're at one point five billion right now. Uh, they were they were, uh, were at the uh, Bankless uh, meetup last night, um, so I was hanging out with the guys there.
0: David, uh, we're also hiring, by the way, so uh, I got to add the jobs board. We have not talked about the jobs board in a very long time, but we have two open positions. One is a senior product designer at Bankless. The other is a growth marketer because Bankless is growing. So if you're interested Mm -hmm. in those positions, go click the link in the show notes and apply. Be very excited to uh, to hear from you. Biggest job in crypto. David, meme of the week. You ready for this, man? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, so this is a meme from Greg. Got an enormous amount of uh, likes here. Don't forget to report. It's not a meme, I should say. This is actually a true story. Don't forget to report your income from illegal activities and stolen property as you're doing your taxes this year, okay? It's tax season for everybody. It's an absolute nightmare in crypto. Did you know that if you go to the IRS website, the IRS actually... (laughs) Make sure that Says you know, you
1: must pay taxes yes, on your al- income illegal from illegal activities, activities. and <laughs>
0: stolen property. So here he's on the IRS website, you can go look, look this up. They say if you steal property, you must report its fair market value in your income in the year you steal it unless you return it to the rightful owner in the same years. So, David, if you steal something uh, the, wow. the last year, if you stole something in 2023, now's the time uh-huh.
1: to report it to the IRS. <laughs> if you pay taxes on property that you steal, I feel like you own it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's yours then. Uh, I don't know why they would expect a,
0: a thief to comply with this, but um, I don't right. thank you, IRS. Yeah. David, you I got mean, a moment of zen for
1: me, right? Yeah, I do. Uh, it is completely unrelated to crypto. Okay. Uh, it, is an internet, it is a great internet story that I'm tracking, uh, but it has nothing to do with crypto. So if you uh, want to move on to your next podcast, Yeah, another bankless podcast, of of course. course. Uh, Go ahead and feel free. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm going to tell you about a funny internet story. But first, Ryan is going to tell you all about the risks of going bankless.
0: Yeah, I got to end with this. As we always do, of course, uh, crypto is risky. It doesn't seem like it on weeks like this. But I I guarantee you, what goes up can come down. You can lose what you put in. But we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone. But we're glad you're with us on the bankless journey. Thanks a lot. All right, David, tell me about this moment of zen. Give me me the story. All right.
1: Reed Harrington does that name strike a bell? No. Who do I know? Reed Harrington from? Yeah, he he's a seventh a seventh grader uh, living in the United States. He goes, okay, when I hit two thousand two hundred thousand followers, I will do whatever the top comment said <laughs> on this video and post it. Wow. And he, he did this in a re- relatively like unfollowed Instagram account. And so the top comment, which this it went viral through Instagram, the top comment which broke the Instagram record of 2.57 <laughs> million likes, came from this user Five Nine Kid, who said, "Fly to a small town in Thailand, get accepted by their people, learn the language, train Muay Thai for a year and a half, fight in a tournament, win the tournament, return to the USA." Join the UFC, stay in shape, and go undefeated in your weight class. (laughs) Retire and do an interview saying this comment was the reason that you fought so hard. Wow. This uh, Reed Harrington on his Instagram now has 750,000 followers. So now he has to do it according to his commitment. (laughs) And there was a GoFundMe for fifteen thousand dollars set up to fly this kid to Thailand. Wow. So he can go train Mai Thai in Thailand. That's the just The crazy step one, thing though. is <laughs> that's just, yeah, he's just he's at the very beginning of this arc. The crazy thing is, is like the, gu- the tourism authority of Thailand has made a statement saying that they are ready to take care of him and his dad when they come to the country. <laughs> and so this kid has been posting him every single day, practicing Mai Thai on his Instagram. Yeah. Because he's going to go to, <laughs> and it's like, we're just at the beginning of this arc, but like so far so good. And if the internet wants this to happen, the internet is going to make this happen. It's, so long as this kid is ready so to come Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. I guess
0: the entire internet is cheering Rina on then, right? This mm-hmm. is like a, it's a multi-decade destiny here. And it's he's a multi-decade, yeah. he's, he's got
1: his next five years of his life
0: <laughs> planned out for this one wow. Instagram comment, Well, dude. <laughs> you know what? I guess letting the internet decide your fate is uh, not so bad in some cases. Um, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, so like, we're keep tabs on him. Like every year or so, we'll we'll check back in with Reed Harrington and see where he is at. You got crypto prices and Reed Harrington, guys. This has been the moment of Zen. <laughs>
0: Take care. <laughs>